0: Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam
1: Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie, And together we are Fran
0: Path Consulting. Hey, Sam, how are you feeling? Are you feeling any better?
1: I am feeling much better today, Britt. Thank you so much for asking. It has been a wild week post-starting school. <laughs> so not for me, for my son. I am definitely never going back to school again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We're, we're too old for that. That's for sure. I, I commend people that go back to school as adults. I don't think I could do that. But yeah, back okay. to school is always exciting. Max went to a new school, so lots of, I'm he sure- did. Uh, You thought he was going to be more nervous than I think he was. He came home first day and I was on the phone with you when you picked him up and he was like, mom, I want to be at the after school care. He was already making friends and settling right in.
1: Yeah, as usual, I think, you know, my husband jokes were afflicted with a form of personality called extreme extroversion, <laughs> which is like not only am I an extrovert, but I gain an insane amount of energy. And my son absolutely has the exact same thing, which is probably how he got sick because he's up in everybody's faces. He was hugging a child when he left school last week. And so he, <laughs> like, being the carrier monkey that he is, went ahead and brought home some kind of bug. And he had it earlier last week. And then he passed it to me, unfortunately. And I reached out to you at, I think, four in the morning on Wednesday. And I was like, I have a fever. I cannot come to Charlotte. I am absolutely not feeling well. And then My husband, who is a bit, I mean, you know, of a hypochondriac, like (laughs) if there is a disease to be caught, he thinks he has it, even if he's in the vicinity. So he also started to feel ill. And then Max bookended our week by getting ill again. And over Labor Day weekend, had 103 temperature, and now everybody is feeling fine, you know, to start the week this week. So... We've come out, I will say I had an absolute amount of FOMO watching you online and you sending me pictures and telling me about being in Charlotte with all of our friends and getting to go to concerts. So, I mean, what a fun time.
0: I definitely missed you. I mean, you no doubt are the social butterfly in our partnership. I love people too, but like you take it to a whole new level. You and my husband have that in common. So I certainly missed you. Everybody was asking for you, but I'm glad that I still went. You know, we went to Charlotte and there were 40 brands there. Many of which we're already working with and showing and we've spoken to or we're in the process of vetting. But I had a handful that we haven't looked at at all yet that are pretty intriguing that now we'll start to really dig in and do the research to see if they kind of pass our initial test of qualifications that we show our clients. So it was a great time. Um put on my rocker gear. We went to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert, so that was a lot of fun to just relax, network, enjoy time with our colleagues and brands. We went on the lake one day. You know that that's my happy place. I love any time that I can be on the lake on a boat. That's where I'm, I'm the happiest. So, it was a great time. It was a a quick jam-packed 48-hour adventure, but we certainly missed you.
1: Oh, well, thank you for missing me. It was, I was missing everybody. And so, really great to hear you had a good time. I mean, the reviews were raving from the groups that were there, just a really fun networking experience. And, you know, I'm always glad that being a business owner, I think it does allow me the ability to make those decisions and I don't have to call somebody or feel guilty or there's no level of concern that I'm viewed differently as a parent because my child is sick or I'm sick. And, you know, there is a massive peace of mind that comes with that. There were definitely some times, I think, you know, in the past where I was very ill and just continued working. And so, you know, to be able to lick something in 48 hours because you take the time, that's tremendous.
0: It, it definitely is a huge advantage. A big part of being a business owner is just being able to pivot when needed, focus on family. We have the complete autonomy of our lives and our schedule.
1: Today, we want to talk about franchising. Really a lot of the things that we get are why franchise? Why would I not franchise? We get a lot of the same questions, and so we thought we would pop back on here, just the two of us again. Um, nobody asked for it, but we decided to deliver it <laughs> and <laughs> discuss, you know, some of the common things that that come up during our calls and really in the course of of just our day to day discussing with clients and non clients, and so. One thing that I think we hear a lot, Britt, is why would I franchise? When I have been in the business world, I have been really working with other people, managing their businesses, major corporations for 15, 20, 25, 30 years. What's your experience with that?
0: That's a really good question. And I think back just throughout my life. So I always talk about, you know, how did I end up in franchise consulting? And part of it is I built my professional career primarily in the franchise space. But another piece of it is I was raised by two entrepreneurs and I got kind of the view of both the franchise entrepreneur and then the small business ground up mom and pop kind of entrepreneurial feeling too. So my mom co-founded a franchise brand. We've had her on a previous episode. We've talked about her several times. She is a big mentor to me. But the other kind of portion of of what I was raised in was my dad was also an entrepreneur, very successful entrepreneur. He started his career in the car parts industry at a pretty young age after being in management roles in other industries. And we moved from the Northeast to the Southeast when I was a kid. So my dad could work for a new company in the car part industry. And about nine months into that job, he realized that he hated it. And he and my mom looked at each other and said, life is too short. She believed in him. And so they decided, why don't we just invest in my dad and and start a business from scratch? And so nine months into living in South Carolina, we decided to stay. My dad launched his business. He imported Japanese car parts and sold them wholesale. And he was very successful at that. He built it over about a decade and and then made a nice exit on it. But I, I share that to say I've seen both sides, right? I've seen the franchise side. That's what my mom built. That's what I grew up in. I worked for franchisees and franchisors. That's the side that I have the most personal experience in. But then I've seen what my dad was able to build. And I, I think the value in a franchise system is you don't have to reinvent the wheel and I think unless you're going to go into the exact same industry that you have experience in, while you have a lot of the skill sets that you can leverage in business ownership, there's a big learning curve. And oh, so yeah. with my dad, I mean, he had to build everything from scratch. You know, what sales system are we going to use? I don't even know if, if there were CRMs back then, but how are they going to manage their sales pipeline? Because it was a big portion of their business. How do you train your sales team? How do you put operational excellence in place? Vendor relationships. You know, he was flying all over, not even the country, the world to build relationships with wholesalers and vendors. And I think on the franchise side of things, you know, my mom was able to provide that to her franchisees. They already had vendor partners. They had a sales CRM. They had sales training. They had operations training. They had the whole technology suite. They had marketing teams in place. So when I look at what she and her team and her business partner were able to offer to their franchisees, it was more turnkey versus my dad really built everything from the ground up from scratch. I think if you talk to them both, he would say that he had a lot of additional learning lessons.
1: What a unique perspective. I mean, to really dig into that. And, you know, I think getting to see that in tandem to really shaped who you are, just knowing you and some of the things that, you know, you hold really valuable. But I think that's a really good point. And I hadn't thought about what you said when you said, unless you're going to do exactly what you're doing now, and so many people we talk to either are held by non-competes to not do mm-hmm. that. They absolutely cannot go into the same industry or their amount of burnout is so insane that they have zero desire to go into the same industry. Then is the skill set truly transferable? And I think that is the big open-ended question for a lot of people that turn to franchising.
0: And you know, you can you learn how to manage people and teams and drive sales and operational excellence and manage financials. Those skills are certainly transfer transferable, but understanding that widget inside and out isn't necessarily the case. And again, why start something from scratch if you have those systems and support in place so you don't have to? So that's kind of my firsthand experience comparing the two. What I found really interesting is... You know, your husband has built an incredibly successful career in private equity. He's been presidents of organizations, chief development officers, marketing officers. I mean, he's worn just about every C-suite hat that you can name. He's extremely well-rounded in his experience and his success. And so the two of you decided to invest in a franchise together. So I'd love to get kind of your take again we had him on the podcast on a previous episode but i'd love to get your take on why you guys decided to make that investment but then also compare it to what we're doing you know we have started from scratch right in our business and we're putting systems and tools in place to be able to support and lead and train our team so Our team doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. But compare and contrast for me, if you would, what that experience has been like buying into a franchise as a franchisee and then starting our practice together from scratch.
1: Yeah, I think really similar to a lot of the things that you described, you know, things like what CRM will I use? (laughs) It was not a thought. You're on Salesforce. It's already there. Everything's programmed in. You have everything. What is the best mechanism of marketing marketing to use? You and I spend insane amounts of time trying to figure out how to attract the type of clients that we want and that we believe can be successful as franchisees. You know, the target demographic and client in a franchise is identified. The marketing department is identified. There's so many things that are major major things for us to consider. They can be pain points. It's sticking. We spend a lot of time figuring it out. And in a franchise, it's just set up. You don't have to think it through. So I think from that standpoint, it is definitely going to be easier in franchising. My experience has been you spend a lot less time in the minutiae And a lot more time really in the actual business and getting the nuts and bolts down. Now, I'm going to say something that may be controversial if we have clients listening that may not be what people would think. Um, I'm not entirely passionate about pest control. uh, Mm -hmm. And I do find myself gravitating towards working with clients and wanting to work on this business a lot more because it's where my heart is. And so I think in sharing that with clients, you either have to find something you're passionate about in a business that maybe isn't necessarily a passion business like pest control or line painting or all of the above, or you want to steer into a franchise that does fulfill a personal passion, whether it's children or pets or fitness or helping others in some way. So I do think there there is that. My husband is on the financial side of the mosquito business and his his business with private equity, I mean, they're equity shareholders, so it's definitely a different world. But I think he would probably say it's very numbers-based and everything is very pre-programmed there. But I do see he loves the creative side of that, you know, with the marketing, with putting those campaigns out. So I think from an ease of operation standpoint, S- sincerely a franchise would be the only way I would be able to operate without you. If I didn't have you as an operations partner on the side of the you know I'm on the creative side a lot of the time, I I would be having file folders sitting all over and post-it notes lining <laughs> my walls. I wouldn't need wallpaper. So franchising <laughs> for me would be the only option <laughs> in business ownership. obviously.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. I think you you certainly would figure it out. Um, you know, and you said something interesting when you think about your mosquito shield versus what we're doing, you gravitate towards this more because it's more of a passion. For me, I'm extremely passionate about helping people become entrepreneurs. But when I look at franchise opportunities as my husband and I kind of evaluate them what i think we've found about ourselves is we're not personally passionate enough about fitness or beauty or anything like that like that's not what we gravitate towards what we are personally passionate about is business models right we like recurring revenue and or high average ticket price recession resistant businesses need based businesses service based businesses small teams teams that we can really pour into and show growth opportunities so we are drawn to probably more of the mosquito shields and the you know fence concepts and insulations of the world because they check the qualities of the businesses that we're looking for so again that's what we're working with our clients on is helping them figure out what is it that's important to them sometimes it's the widget Sometimes it's that widget is just a vehicle to help you achieve your goals and they check the boxes of business qualities you're looking for.
1: I think that's a really good point. And honestly, I could not, if I had decided to open a med spa or a Pilates gym, this business would not be successful because I would be in there all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I would probably look like a crazy cat Muppet. (laughs) But (laughs) test it on me, friends. (laughs) So I will say that's a really solid point that I think, especially for semi-passive ownership, the Mm -hmm. widget is very much more important than the passion play. And I think as you build a business portfolio… You can add those things in later, but I do think it is easier in a first franchise to sometimes choose less moving parts, that reoccurring revenue, that really solid franchisor that's so, so supportive. And I do really want to get your take, Britt, on you work with a lot of people and help identify that identify for them what franchise systems are going to fit. What helps you decide? What qualities are you looking for from these franchisors?
0: Well, I think first we have to talk about the profile of the candidate that we typically work with. And we have a pretty diverse set of people, clients that we're working with. But if I were to sum it up, we are primarily working with executives. They've been in a director VP C-suite position. Their background is in leadership. Whether that be on the sales side, the marketing, the ops, or the finance side, but they have some experience adding value to build a business and coach and lead teams. So I think that's important to point out first of the profile of who we are typically working with. And then what are they looking for? You know, we are working with people primarily that aren't looking to leave their jobs. They're either happy at their jobs or or they're providing for their family and they want that soft off-ramp. They don't want the hard break of, I quit my six-figure job and now I have to um, immediately cash flow in a business. So most of our clients are looking at it from a semi-passive standpoint. They also are invested in multiple things, real estate, the market. So they want to just diversify their portfolio. So with that being said, I find the majority of my clients fall into a similar bucket that I do, that they look at it from an investment standpoint. Standpoint and not a personal passion standpoint. There's exceptions, but the majority are looking at it from an investment standpoint. And so, because they are looking at it from an investment standpoint, they are looking to be semi passive. They need systems and support in place. So, the key things that I hear frequently is. How do they help with customer acquisition, whether that be through uh, helping them recruit and identify talent for their sales team and then participating in training the sales team? That's primarily when it's a B2B outside sales model or direct-to-consumer home services concept. Marketing is another big piece. So as we evaluate brands and our clients evaluate them as well, they are looking for what marketing support is in place. because customer acquisition is everything. You know, we talk about the fact that I'm more the operational partner. I can have the best operations in place all day long, but if we don't have clients, then it's it's really pointless. So you have to have clients to then be operationally sound with. So that side of the business is really important. Technology is huge. I mean, I've worked in every sales CRM that you can name over my career and we still picked wrong. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we picked a sales CRM and if you listen to this podcast, gosh, you've heard us talk about this too much. It clearly is still a pain point for us over a year later. Um, But I think that piece is huge. What technology do they have in place for you to build your business?
1: Yeah. And if I can just say, choose HubSpot if if you're familiar (laughs) with it. I'm just going to plug HubSpot here. Also, at keep, (laughs) no. (laughs) A-E-A-P, no. (laughs) <laughs> so not user-friendly. <laughs> so I, yeah. I am going to out them because we paid a lot of money and yes. got nowhere. So if yes. you're an entrepreneur listening to this, mm-mm, no, no. <laughs>
0: <But laughs> HubSpot. Yeah, HubSpot was great. HubSpot was great. So those are the big ones for me. You know, technology, sales, marketing, and there's so many other functions, right? Do they have good dashboards for you to be able to manage your KPIs and look at your financials? Those things are really exciting. Do they train you on the operations side? Because operations is important. So that way you remain the leader in your market, in your field, that you have that operational excellence. So there's a lot of things that stand out. But to me, the front end is so important. If you don't have any customers, you don't have any money to manage and you don't have any operational excellence to manage. So those pieces are the ones that really stand out to me on the front end. So beyond that, Sam you know as i talked about the clients that we work with i mentioned kind of the profile most of our clients are looking at this from an investment strategy they're looking at it from a semi passive opportunity they're looking to diversify their portfolio of course there's outliers and we're happy to help anyone that is serious about considering considering franchise ownership but what are indicators to you as you take people through the process that franchising just may not be a right fit? Because at the beginning of my calls, I tell everyone, I'm helping you figure out, is franchising a good fit? Is now a right time? And then if so, what options are the best for you? I say that to every client. So tell me, what are indicators for you that franchising may not be the right fit?
1: So in the first call, I think as we're doing the get to know you, I think if there is a lot of hesitation or nervousness or I'm doing this, 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 and they give me the whole full picture, my life is so full, I have about three hours a week. Okay, well, that's not enough time to be a successful business owner. And I will tell you, I probably say to a half a dozen times on an introductory call during the week, I don't think now is the time for you. Or I don't know that franchising is a right fit for you and I really want you to consider this because that's our job is to also say somebody may help you get awarded a franchise. There may be a person out there that isn't going to shoot you straight. It sure as heck isn't going to be me because I'm not going to send you a holiday card in December and have you throw it in the garbage and say, this woman helped me make the worst decision of my life because she didn't listen to the things I was saying. And I think a few things come into play. Number one, if you don't like rules and systems, if you like being the top dog, the smartest one in the room, you enjoy that, you have a million-dollar idea, this probably isn't for you. It's not going to be something that's going to make a lot of sense. I also, you know, sometimes in the first call, people are very interested. It seems like a good fit. Then they start taking calls with franchisors and they begin nitpicking. They're finding a million reasons why this person is not working for me. They want to talk more about all of the stuff that isn't working. So that's a person that probably isn't ready to buy a business because that's fear manifesting in complaining. And so sometimes you just have to call it on the head. The other thing is missing meetings, rescheduling things on a consistent basis, not being able to make it to stuff. That to me is a very, very clear indicator that either there's not enough care to move forward or there's just not enough time. They're just not going to be able to prioritize this business. And I share that with clients right away. If you're missing calls, rescheduling calls, doing things like that, that franchise's job is to analyze how you act during the process. Because it is going to indicate how you will perform as a franchisee. And so I think really just in a nutshell, the things that I consider to be probably a non-starter would be not enough time or really just not the right personality. And, And there are people I know that are fantastic business owners that should never be franchisees.
0: I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, I, one of the things that I think we talk about often is we hate when other people in this industry claim that a business can be passive in franchising. I don't yes. believe that any business is passive, semi-passive Not a one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, semi-passive, semi-absentee. Those things are great with the right. You know, we tell them all: you've got to have a manager in place. You have to have a manager in place. You cannot rely on hourly employees to run your business. So that's something that we look at pretty frequently. But um, one of the things that I really like that you talk about is not only do you have to have enough time, but you have to like systems and process. And if you can't show up on your calls because you either don't have enough time or you don't view them as a priority, are you going to have the time and ability to prioritize your business once you're a franchisee?
1: No, you're not. (laughs) That's the answer, the long and short of it. Now, I did mention there are amazing business owners that should never be franchisees, but there is a large group of entrepreneurs that started their own business, that did have the million dollar idea, that, that have owned small businesses already, that are now choosing to move into franchising. And we're seeing more and more of that recently. What do you think is driving that, Britt?
0: So I think the main driver is anybody that has started a business from scratch knows how hard it is. And they're like, gosh, I don't want to do this again. I know how to build operational excellence, but I don't want to have to go out and get a trademark and get an operations man uh, manual and build marketing systems and figure out who's the ideal profile for my manager. I don't want to do all those things. And so I have a client right now that I really enjoy and he's built five different companies and he just sold one of them, um, had a very successful exit. And so now he's looking at franchise models because he doesn't want to come up with anything from scratch again, which I can really appreciate. So I think it's people that... They've been there. They've done that. They know how to run systems, but they're like, I don't want to have to do all that front end lift. I want to be able to walk into something where it's a little bit more turnkey. I want to be able to walk into something with a name, too. That's something we haven't talked about yet. While we work with brands that are more pioneering than a McDonald's or an Arby's, we are working with brands that become household names over time that are able, through their marketing and sales and operational excellence, really be able to scale and become a well-recognized name. So I think people like that idea too. And then they're not on an island. When you're a business owner, I mean, you and I talk about the fact that we went into business together because we wanted that partnership most people in our industry consult by themselves. We wanted the partnership because we didn't want to be on that island. And when you're in a franchise, you're not on an island. You have other franchisees that are going through the same things that you're going through, that you can call, that you can lean on. So I think the franchisor side is what we talk the most about. But I think small business owners have been so reliant on themselves and they're a little bit on an island that they like the idea of having camaraderie and not being on an island. So that's something that I think is pretty unique and is drawing people in that have been business owners before too.
1: I think those are all great points. I do think one thing I have heard a lot of too is I'm tired. (laughs) I want to do this again. But the very thought of starting from absolutely square one is not appealing at all. Or I'm out of ideas. I've done this a few times. I've made a great exit. I've retired. I've handed the business down to my kids. But I'm not done yet. I just can't bear to start from the very beginning. And, you know, I think that's where a franchise comes in and all of the reasons that you talked about people getting into franchising and the systems, those things are so appealing to people that have had to start from square one. And the business game has changed. Marketing has changed. A lot Mm -hmm. of things have changed in the last 20 years. So where do you start in 2022, I think is another question. And with all of those factors, franchising makes a ton of sense.
0: I think back to, you know, my mom, 30 years ago, they started selling franchises and they were putting ads out in newspapers (laughs) and thinking about um, to, to find people that wanted to buy franchises. I mean... Newspapers barely exist now. I mean, talk about talk about just in 30 years how much things have changed. And you know, we get most of our folks through the internet. Um, Yeah, so that is definitely a value add that a franchisor can bring. So, you know, if you could give just one piece of advice to anyone listening that's considering business ownership, you know, they're evaluating concepts. What would you give? What would be the one piece of advice to someone, to a friend, a family member that thinks they want to be a business owner?
1: Call me. Call me right now. I'll help you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, but do call me if you are interested. <laughs> Email me, telegraph, put an ad in your local newspaper. <laughs> do whatever you need to do. But honestly, I I would say explore it do it. Don't push it down. You know, I think that fear of so many things, what other people will think, failure, financials, all of these different things hold people back on a consistent basis. And I think the fear should be, what if your boss wakes up tomorrow and says to you, it has been a really good run, Jennifer. But see you later after 20 years. You have no equity. You have nothing to lean back on. And so I think start the exploration process and really make an educated decision on if it's for you or not. I mean, I think that would be just start. Mm -hmm. Get moving. And the first thing you should do to get started is to call me and (laughs) Britt. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so, I'd love to shoot it back true. to
1: you, girl. So what advice would you give to someone beginning the
0: process of of considering entrepreneurship? I love yours. Um, you know, for me, I would say it's trust the process. So you're telling them to start the process. But for me, it's trust the process. You know, I have people that come through my process and they're I present options to them and they don't like any of them. I'm like, you don't know yet. You have to talk to them, have a call with them. There's a reason that I picked these. I've spent hours with you on the phone to understand what you're looking for. What you Google on the internet is not going to tell you if it's a good business, (laughs) right? It's going to tell you if you want to go visit them from a consumer standpoint, totally two different things. So my biggest piece of advice is trust the process. If you're working with an expert like Sam and I, believe in what we are telling you. We are genuinely out there to help people. So trust our process, take the steps, show up on calls. I can't tell you how many people have bought businesses from us that they would have never anticipated they'd own a laundromat, a mental health franchise, a you know car wash, you name it, whatever it is. Most people don't think that they'll own what they end up owning. So just trust the process. That's my best piece of advice.
1: That's a great piece of advice. And I think that is a great way for us to end this podcast today. And I hope that if you're listening to it and you're looking for some advice, that advice may be, you know, you might not be suited for franchising. Let us tell you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be honest with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's our job. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to say no. So, Britt, it was great chatting with you. I will talk to you soon. Take care. So, if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at infofranpathconsulting.com. At follow the Franpath Consulting podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at Franpath. Facebook and LinkedIn at Fran Path Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com to take your free business assessment.